1: I just play Doctor Online and where should I start? I I do feel a little bit as though I've I've let some people down. Yes, um, I'm no longer a flip phone fellow. I know, I know, I was cool, I had it going on, I had a flip phone it's like being on Star Trek, you know, open it up, especially if you put it on speaker, you feel like you're talking to, you know, Scotty, hey, beam me up, Scotty, you know, that thing, and it was cool, and when I would work at the janitor job, or even at the comic book store, I would put the phone on a little hip, like a clip thing to put on your on your belt, which is, that's super cool, and but I would do that, and there's a reason I did that. If it, if I kept the phone in my pocket, the little button on the side that uh, shows you the you know does the volume or whatever, it would I, you know I'd be walking around, picking up trash, or vacuuming, or moving stuff around in the comic book store, and I'd constantly be getting this little beep beep sound beep 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 because there'd be stuff in my pockets that be that be pressing against the, the phone thing, and, and so that's why I put it on the hip. I mean, you know, and the fact that it was cool was just an added thing. It was just an added bonus. You know, it was cool. The guy's walking around with his flip phone on his hip. That's cool, man. The kids all looked at me with, with approval. But, um, I don't know. It was a couple weeks ago. kind of been staying quiet about it. But, well, I have one of those. I, I think they're called smartphones. Is that what that, that's what that is. It's the, it's like a, it's like having a little computer in your hand. Uh, you can send word messages to people, and uh, you can get phone calls on them, and you can connect to the internets on them. It's, it's 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 you know, but it's just, I don't know. I feel like I've let some people down. And well, we had money for the our tax refund and. My wife said, "You know, this would make sense. It'll make texting each other a lot easier." That is the one thing, boy. With those flip phones, trying to do a text message—forget it. <laughs> anyway, uh, now, okay, yeah, I got—I've got an iPhone six. It's you know, it's refurbished. It's an affordable price that we can get, and so we'll we're seeing how it's working out, and it's seems pretty good. But I'm, you know, I was driving into work this evening. Doing my night job. And I saw this guy behind me. There's two dudes in the car. And the guy driving. He kept looking at his cell phone. Oh, God. (sighs) Kept looking at it. It's just, every time I look up in the mirror, there he is. Looking at And we'd get to a stoplight. At least we'd be at a stoplight. And we'd be stopped. And he'd be looking at it. But I'm telling you. Just put it down. Anyway. What have I got in here? Oh, right. Um, I'm going to start right off the bat with a with a cool thing. I try to do two uh, I try to do three cool things to show, sometimes at least just one, one cool thing if I can. Not to be Mr Negative Nelly all the time. Because, you know I mean I've got some stuff on here that's gonna be well, I'll be revisiting some vaccination talk. I'll be revisiting some of that because there's some more stuff that's come out and, and I wanna comment on it. But before I get to that, I think I'll intersperse the cool things throughout the show. So, the first cool thing is well, I have to set this up. I've had this uh, vague memory of a uh, children's television program uh, that I would watch in the mornings before I went to school. And this was—it must have been mid '70s, '74, '75, maybe. Uh, I, I think that's what it was, and it it was on like it was on weekdays, and it was a hour-long show. Uh, but what it, here's what my memory of it was: it was in some kind of a castle, haunted castle kind of thing. Uh, and there were monsters involved and it was supposed to, and it was kind of funny, I guess. Uh, and the most specific memory I have of it was that um, the the characters would play uh, a popular song of the of the time in mid 70s or even back to late 60s. they would they would play. Popular songs, and then they would they would lip sync in front of a, a green screen that would have the green screen was all done up with lighting effects and swirling multicolored stuff, and the camera would sway back and forth. and I, I re- that's what I remember, and I remember one song in particular that uh, that they did this to was uh, Tommy James and the Shondells, uh, their hit "Crimson and Clover." Not a great song, but Something that I just remembered, right, and and that was about it. That's all I. Uh, that's all I had. And and, and over the years, it, from time to time, uh, this this show would pop into my mind. I didn't remember the name of it, and I didn't even remember if it was actually real, because you know how memory can be. Memory's not videotape, so. You might really think you remember something, but it's it's something that might have been implanted, sort of, or it's a, a memory that's been influenced by something else. So I came to start thinking that, did I even see this? Was this even a show? And so it, it, was, just, it was just an interesting memory that I was beginning to not be so certain if it was a real memory or not. So, this morning... Uh, went onto the Facebook and uh, you know just scrolling through looking at stuff of interest and there's one of the Facebook groups that I'm a part of that's called uh, old school monsters and it's all about you know universal monster movies and stuff, you know, the, like the old ones with, you know, Dracula, Frankenstein, all those, the classics. And the Hammer films uh, where their version of Dracula and Frankenstein and the Mummy and the, and the Classics, you know, their versions of it. And it's, and and, and other old scary movies and monster type characters. And uh, so I've just, i am just, because I'm into that kind of thing, and so somebody had posted on there the image of a, uh, uh, a cover for a DVD set for a children's television show that featured monsters in a castle or of some something like a castle, and it it was funny or presumably funny. I mean, funny for kids. Kids would think it was funny. And I looked at the cover of that, and it had you know, several of the characters that were on it. It also had, uh, in the background, uh, somewhat in the shadows, uh, a face that looked like Vincent Price. Uh, I thought, is that Vincent Price? But I wasn't quite sure. And the person who posted it just said, uh, was asking, does anybody remember watching the show? Or did anybody watch this show when they were kids or something? And I started looking through the, through the, um, through the comments. And uh, there were a lot of excited comments in there. So There were people uh, that actually dropped a name uh, associated with the show, and that was Billy Van. Oh, Billy Van, he was great. You know, he's a national treasure, you know, that kind of thing. And I'm thinking to myself, is this the show? Is this? Because there was one character on the cover of that, of that uh, that DVD set. Um, you know, it's it that, that looked like a that uh, was a werewolf. You know? And I thought okay, that seems familiar. Well, the name of the series was the Hilarious House, or is the Hilarious House of Frightenstein this was a show that was produced in 1971 a hundred and thirty episodes were produced it was something that was on every day of the week uh... in i guess in the mornings for kids and it was uh... produced in canada and at some point it was syndicated around the world or at least you know in america <laughs> at some point and uh, somebody had uh, in the comments thread said there are, you know, episodes of this show on YouTube. Oh, YouTube! Sometimes YouTube has some fabulous stuff on it, and uh, in fact, a lot of fabulous stuff on it. A lot of, meh, eh, stuff on it, but fabulous stuff on it. So I, I started looking it up on on, on Facebook, and I, I was looking for, you know, with I put the title of the show and Crimson and Clover, but that I couldn't find that, but. I did find some episodes, and I did find some little clips that would help me. And so I found a full episode, and I started watching it. And uh, it was kind of familiar. It's introduced by uh, Vincent Price. He comes on as this kind of scary guy. You know, Vincent Price did the, the horror movie stuff. And so he's being scary as he introduced the show. And then it's taken over by these, these other actors. And one of the actors is a man named Billy Van. And Billy Van plays about eight characters in there. Uh, he plays a, a Count Dracula character, which I think they just call the Count. He plays... Uh, uh, there's another one... Uh, well, I'll get into the characters later, but I was just watching that, and that seemed familiar. He was he was pl- playing the count, and he was playing against another actor that was playing Igor. And this other actor who plays Igor is a rather large man, bald headed, and would speak with a uh, some kind of European accent. and And the count would talk like you know, like Bella Lugosi sort of thing. And in the background is a prop that is uh, it's it's a, a a prop that's a, a that's of Frankenstein's monster. And it's on a table. And the table is set up almost vertically. You know, like one of those lab tables where they... You know, you've seen them in the horror movies. And I looked at that Frankenstein's monster, and they, which they call Brucie, and I looked at it I thought, that looks familiar. That prop looked familiar. The two characters, that wasn't quite ringing a bell. But the prop in the background, that, that Frankenstein's monster... You know, in the old Boris Karloff style of monster. Brucie, which they called him. Brucie looked familiar. And I kept watching the show, and another character came on. And this character, also played by Billy Van. It uh, was called Griselda the Ghastly uh, Gourmet. And so he's playing a witch, and she's doing... You know, it's a female, and she's doing um uh, making some goofy recipes and these are again the humors at the level of kids so it might seem just kind of silly as an adult looking at it but he's he, the character he's playing she's doing all this kind of hippie stuff and you know cool and far out and groovy and you know she's doing a like that and she was familiar i thought yeah that's yes i think i think but so the memories are starting to jog but who knows i could just be implanting new ones right but then comes the wolfman again this is played by billy van it's one of the eight characters he played on the show and he comes on as the wolfman and he's a dj and it's a radio station he's sitting at this this Table with the with uh, at this desk with a turntable on it and he's got these microphones in front of him he's talking into and he he has this voice you know I'm the Wolfman that's what he's talking like that see and he does it's pretty much the same routine I've watched several of them it's pretty much the same routine again and again but uh, you know he'll pull on this big vine because it's time to ring the chimes and a big gong sounds and and then he uh, gets a phone call. And uh, the phone call, uh, he, you only hear his end of it, and he answers it, and it's usually, he says some kind of funny name. Oh, so-and-so, you know, whatever the name is. He says, and it's, oh, you'd like to hear incense and peppermints. All right. And he and he gets off the phone, and he puts a record onto what's supposed to be a turntable, and he puts a needle on it. And he says, you know, let's dig it. And then he played, and they actually played the song. And then the, he gets up from, his, from where he's sitting, and he goes over to a green screen, which has already got the effects going on it, showing these swirling lights and colors and psychedelic-type stuff. And he gets in front of it, and he doesn't do a lip-sync, but he dances to it. And Sometimes he's got a guitar, and he pretends to play the guitar, and he just kind of dances around, shuffles, and then... And then the effects change and where, it's, uh, where he, his whole body becomes uh, shimmering like the lights in the background. And then another character, the uh, I, uh, Igor character, he comes in and they dance together to the song. And it was at that point I said, yes, this is it. This is the show that, that from 40 years ago or more, was I watched, and I don't remember watching it a, a, a lot... It might have been just for you know it was on just for a little bit, or I didn't realize it was on and and caught it before, uh, just before, just before they took it off the air or something. But whatever it was, I remembered that, and it's yes, it was real. It was you know, and so the show uh, again, it's called the Hilarious House of Freytagstein, and you'll find several episodes on YouTube. Uh, many of them I have a. a the, 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 the visuals have been kind of compressed and it's, it's kind of but but it doesn't it doesn't um, um, it doesn't screw it up that much it's it's, it's just interesting to watch and uh, the most of the clips don't have the music the song which I am I'm assuming that when the when it went to DVD in order to get all the songs on there, it's a licensing thing, and probably very expensive. So they just—they might have just had the what, what they do on the show. They just have the setup of uh, the, of the Wolfman talking from his his radio station, which the call letters are Eck <laughs> But uh, you know, so and it's it's uh, and and so he does this thing um, where he'll—they he'll, won't actually play the song. You know, that's, that's kind of bad. It's like whenever I've seen uh, WKRP in Cincinnati, you remember that sitcom from the 1980s? It's, it's, it takes place in a radio station, so there's a lot of music involved in the show. And when it's when it's syndication, they, they, they didn't secure most of the rights for the licensing to, for the songs, so it's not the same songs. And there's one episode which is completely screwed up because they couldn't get the licensing for the actual song. Uh, the station manager, a fellow named Arthur Carlson, he and his wife, now they're both in their 40s or so, but she gets pregnant. And it's this whole thing, well, do we want to have the baby? Should we have the baby? We're kind of old to have the baby. Yes, we want to have the baby, that sort of you know, thing. And um, they find out it's going to be a girl, I guess it is, I think. And, uh, and Anyway, so it's all, this all takes place uh, you know, during the day. And they have the nighttime DJ that comes in, and that's uh, that's Venus Flytrap, if you remember the series. He's a black fellow. He's the only black person on the on the air at the station. And uh, he comes in to do the overnight thing, and he has this whole vibe to what he does on the radio. And uh, he comes in, and he's unaware of all this other stuff that's gone on, but uh, the boss has a request for him to play a song. The song he plays is... Uh, the show tune thank heaven for little girls which venus is sort of weirded out by and he goes on the air and he says well it's a stranger quest but it's from the boss and well if the boss wants to hear it you know that kind of thing and then he plays it and he's looking rather aghast or confused anyway uh at this is a why are we playing the song he has no idea see it's kind of funny but in the syndication, and I wish I could remember what song it was that they played, in the syndication of the, of the show, he's, uh, it's something completely different. And it doesn't even, it, does, it doesn't even fit at all. It's, it's very, it's, it's so sad. So, you don't get to see the music numbers in most of them. There are a couple few clips with the music numbers and it's of, from the, from the uh, hilarious house of Frightenstein. Now this Billy Van. Uh, pretty talented guy, and I gotta say, the makeup effects for a kids' show from the nineteen seventies—they do a pretty good job. And so he plays several characters: uh, a Count Dracula sort of character, this the Wolfman character, that witch plays them. He plays a sort of a an Australian uh, adventurer guy. Uh, who will show educational films about animals? Uh, he also plays a vet, a veterinarian that comes in with little animal creatures. Um, and there's two characters that he does that I guess, as the kids would say today, are problematic. Uh, one of them is a uh, sort of a Hindu guru type, you know, like like the you know uh, Maharishi kind of. Type and he'll do some. He has a I don't know if it's a sitar that he has on his lap, but he sits and he talks like with that accent and makes some kind of joke, and then gets a bunch of flowers dumped on him. And then there's this other character that's a fortune teller, and is sort of dressed up like uh, 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 actually pretty well, done pretty well, much better than Johnny Carson's Karnak. But he has the big the big hat like Karnak would have this big turban hat thing. And uh, and he's uh, I think he's supposed to be Chinese. Uh, so, so there's a couple things that are that would we look at today and think yeah that's maybe maybe that's not great. Um, but uh, at least there's no blackface. At least as far as I'd seen. Uh, and and they do some they have a guy on there that comes on that uh, is a, a, a does some uh, physics experiments or shows the kids, demonstrates the kids some physics stuff. and So it's supposed to have some educational value, I suppose. But to entertain kids, and the humor level is at the kids' level. And inters- interspersed throughout the show is Vincent Price, where he'll come in and he'll do this little poem. And then you know, that's all he does. He, I don't think he's ever interacted with anybody else. And then at the end of the show, he pretty much, you know, he gives a goodbye, it's the end of the show thing. And, he, and all, everything he does is in rhyme. Uh, and he's pretty good about it, because uh, he's you know Vincent Price. He's good and creepy. And while I was researching th- this show, I found uh, a bit of an interview that uh, uh, Billy Van had done on a you know Tonight Show type talk show. In I'm assuming in Canada. And you know, and he's you know he's this is after the show. The show only went for one year, I think, but they did 130 episodes. So like nine months of, of shows, I guess it was, and uh, he's on this thing, and he's you know, it's, and he's he's wearing the sunglasses. <laughs> it's a, what are you wearing sunglasses for? But maybe he has some eye condition or something, or maybe he's on drugs and he doesn't want people to see his eyes bloodshot or whatever. And, but he talks about the characters that he played, and he says one thing that damn it, I call bullshit on, and that is uh, his Wolfman character. Uh, as you, you know, the Wolfman. The
0: Wolfman talks like this. Hey, kids, gas yeah.
1: You are the people. You're my people. That's how he talks, right? Well, if you've been around as long as I have, you know of a DJ from the '70s that was that got to be very popular and had a voice that was like this and went by the name Wolfman Jack. So this is this Wolfman character. He's a DJ, dog like this, and Billy Van is trying to convince people that he'd never heard of Wolfman Jack before he did the character. It's, it's it that's that's what, apparently the claim there. And I just I so maybe you've never heard of him, but somebody who heard of him because that's that's what you, that's the character you're doing. Uh, Wolfman Jack was in the movie um, American Graffiti, playing a DJ. If you want to know, he used to host uh, the Midnight Special. Uh, fr- uh, yeah, Midnight Special, which was a um, the Friday nights or Saturday nights come on at midnight, and there'd be live music acts from you know the 70s and that. Back, so back in the day, so uh, it was so cool to have my memories confirmed. And <laughs> now I know what this was. So ch- check them out. It's the Hilarious uh, House of Frightenstein. Ah, well, now uh, that cool thing's done. The next cool thing I got here is to go on break. Uh, you're listening to uh, Dimland Radio at the Z Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Denfitz Simmons. I shall return after this break. <laughs>
0: In the chat room, you're listening to Dimland Radio on Z Talk Radio Network. We give those other guys the finger. You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network. Do you believe in ghosts? Do you think Bigfoot is real? Do you suspect that your neighbor is really Val Tor, leader of the lizard people of Bendar 3? Well, Dr. Dim doesn't, and he'll tell you why when you tune in to Dimland Radio Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern, on Z Talk Radio Network. It's an hour of science promotion, pop culture rants, personal observation, and, of course, skepticism. Join Jan Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern, for Dimland Radio on Z Talk Radio Network. Well, I'll be hornswoggled. You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network. You don't say. Oh, what? You think you went off to college or something? On ztalkradio.com. That's the most amazing thing since Grandma survived
1: the outhouse incident.
0: For a Dinland Radio Pedantic Moment. Yeah, this ought to be good.
1: It's just a short one. It's just a quick little pedantic moment that, uh, uh, well, it's something I've noticed. Uh, I I do not have cable. However, I do have a friend who has uh, allowed me access to uh, his setup um, through my laptop. So I go on the laptop, and, and, and I can watch uh, the Stanley Cup playoffs. I can watch baseball. By the way, speaking of baseball, the Minnesota Twins, I think I mentioned something last week about them having the second best record in baseball. I think that was last weekend. I think I mentioned it. If I didn't, well, they did at that time. As of this morning, uh, which this is Friday, uh, what, May 10th that I'm, tape, that I'm, I'm taping this. I'm recording this uh, as of this morning the Minnesota twins had the best record in baseball it's uh, uh it's it's maybe not the most wins but it's the highest percentage of you know winning rate percentage yeah, so um, it's 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 really kind of cool it's a bit surprising and you know as a twins fan you sort of just want to He's, he's waiting to, for the shoe to drop, you know, the other shoe. But he's like, okay, this is going to crap out soon, right? Because this can't last. But for the time being, they're doing pretty well. And we'll see. We'll see how it goes. It's only May. It's only May. Things could go south. and But we'll see. But anyway, so I get a chance to watch uh, baseball through that. And I get a chance to watch the hockey uh, Stanley Cup playoffs I get the chance to watch that and that's generally what I do uh when the the season when those seasons aren't going uh I don't I don't watch much of uh, of the cable stuff but I discovered that I don't I must have just been looking for it I was kind of hankering to see if it was possible to watch any of the original Law and Order series as is you know, there's plenty of Law and Order series. There's still the 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 SVU, uh, the Sexy Crime one, uh, or the Special Victims Unit. That's what that stands for. Um, that's still on the air. But I uh, I I'd I'd like the original one. And uh, I, so I was looking for it, and I found that there is a channel on the on the on the cable called We. TV, W E, not W E E. It's not little TV. It's we TV. I guess like you know, you and I, us, we. I think that's what they mean. And uh, it's it's uh, it's got a lot of oldies shows on it, uh, I guess. And then it has a lot of reality shows on it. Oh my goodness! It's got the what's her name, the Honey Boo Boo's mom show. Uh, it's got it's got the Braxton family. On there, it's got this other stuff on there, and it all looks as phony as all hell. And spe- there's one about uh, you know prisoners adjusting to you know civilian life once getting out of prison, or something. It's it's and it's just you. It, there's some some hip hop uh, show, I, I guess about. Producing hip hop music or something, and I mean it's and it's, these are the reality shows, and they just they look as phony as all hell, and it, and they and it's just I could never watch those shows. Uh, back in the day, back in the '90s when the, the Jerry Springer show was all the rage, I had a couple friends that used to watch it, and I I just I said I can't. How do you guys watch that and enjoy? it? Oh, it's like watching a freak show. It's like you know it's, you know they they have fun. I guess goofing on the people that are on the show, and it's like a it's like a watching a car wreck, I guess. But I always just I just I don't know. I just always felt so bad for humanity watching shows like that. And it's I get the same feeling looking at these ads for these these reality shows. It's like no, I'm not no, I'm not. It's I'm not going to watch these things. They look pathetic. But that's not what I was talking about. Talking about Law and Order. Well, so this this channel has Law and Order, and they have they have uh, they have you can binge on them. They'll play I don't know how many episodes in running. So I've been watching some, but in the course of watching these Law and Order episodes, in the ads, this Wee TV will tell you that they also show another crime procedural program, which I think is still being produced, and it's called Criminal Minds. Never watched the show. I believe it's an N B. Uh, no, a CBS thing. Law & Order was NBC. I think Criminal Minds is a CBS thing. I think. Don't quote me on it, but I think. But I've never watched it. All right. So, but there's an ad that they do for it. And the ad has this gimmick, I guess. It comes on and they say, you know, uh, we're going to show you uh, Criminal Minds, uh, the, 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 the the people of Criminal Minds solving a crime in six seconds, and what they do is, is they they give you six, seven, six seconds of an episode that has been that has been heavily edited. So you get the little, uh, you know, uh, uh, half a second, of, uh, a bit of the beginning, and a few, se- you know, second clip, 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 clip. You know, just cutting him, cutting up throughout the episode until they get to the end of it, right? So the you know, there's the crime and the solution in six seconds. And then the voiceover says something to the effect that if they can do this in six seconds, just imagine what they can do in an hour. Well, here's the pedantry. That is what they do in an hour. You just took what they did in an hour and cut it down to six seconds. It's not like they're gonna do more. It's just, it's gonna be more drawn out. There's gonna be just a few more details that are involved that were lost in cutting it to six seconds, but that's that's. I don't have to. I, I. It's it's not like they're gonna do more. It's it, it's. They're gonna solve a crime, right? They're, that's the. I guess that's the premise of the show. They're gonna solve a crime, and or catch a criminal, whatever. And they're gonna do that in an hour. You just cut it down to six seconds. They're gonna do the same thing in an hour. They're not gonna catch a thousand criminals in the hour. They're just going to do the one right i mean i haven't watched the show i don't know how many cr- criminals they catch in an hour or if that's what they do but i just i looked at that and i said i imagine what they'll do in an hour no they're just going to do that it's just it's just going to take longer that's all yeah it's just a little pedantic thing but you know what are you going to do i'm a, i'm pedant i'm a pedant you know what are you going to do all right, let me look at my schedule here. Where am I at? Okay, am there, I there? I got that done. I got this. Oh, I got another cool thing. Cool thing number two. Uh, I saw this, and I recognize I I'm pat myself on the back for a moment. Here, give me a second. Uh, there you go. Yeah, that's pretty good. Okay. Um, saw it online. There was a news article from a couple days ago that um, uh, an unusual animal, fish, has shown up in the in the waters off of Southern California, something that hasn't been seen for, or has rarely been seen over the last three decades, and now they've, they've been seeing a bunch of them recently. And they show a picture from, you know, it's this bird's eye view looking straight down, like a, from a drone or a helicopter, looking down on the, uh, at the surface of the, of the ocean, and just below the surface is this, you know, this, this gigantic fish, and a little bit of an in an S curve kind of shape to its body because it's swimming along, and I recognized it immediately. I said that is a basking shark. It's big, dark gray. You know, they, they, the headline says it was this this giant fish the size of a school bus or something. And and they are they're huge. It's like they go like forty five feet, and uh, they're the second largest fish in the world. The largest is uh, the whale shark, which is a foot or two, on average, uh, longer than, than a basking shark. And the, the basking shark, the thing about these things, and the reason why I could recognize it from looking at it straight up top, is they have these massive gills. I mean, they're really huge. These gigantic gills that really open up along the sides of their, 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 their bodies. They're just, just below the head, whatever, where the gills set. They also have this gaping maw of a mouth and it swims along just sucking in krill. It's uh, it doesn't it doesn't it's not a man eater. It's not going to go after you like that. It's just this big gentle gigantic fish that just moves through the ocean. And apparently they've been showing up uh, off the coast of Southern California, Santa Barbara, those those areas. Uh, whale watchers have been spotting them. And so they they got these really cool pictures of them. I'll link to it. And the show notes page, which you can get to by going to dimland.com and click on the blog option, you'll get to the uh, you'll get to the, the the show notes page. I'll have those up sometime Sunday, and uh, you'll you check it out. And uh, it, it's it's they're super cool to see something like that, and it makes me think. I, I, I think yet again, just, you know, it's still a pretty rare sight to be able to spot a basking shark in the ocean, which is pretty damn vast, and to get really good photographs of it. And yet, you still don't have a really good picture of a Bigfoot. Still don't have one. Still don't have anything better than the Patterson-Gimlin film from 1967, I think it is? Just saying. But it's really cool. Check out that article. That's, I mean, it's just, it's really, it's awesome. It's great. Um, I think I'll go to this next break. It might be a tad early but what the hell you're listening to Dimland Radio on the Ztalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com I'm your host Jim Dr. Dimfit Simmons I'll be back after this break
0: Coffee! Coffee! <laughs> Drink coffee! 100% news. 100% information. 100% guarantee. Thought <laughs> you <up>. might <laughs>
1: say that. You're
0: listening to Z Talk Radio Network. When, oh, when will someone design an exploding head emoticon? Please, someone, anyone. You're listening to Dimland Radio on Z Talk Radio Network. Warmer weather in Minnesota means deer ticks are now feeding in a wooded area near you. Fight the bite. To avoid Lyme and other diseases from deer ticks, use tick repellent.
1: This message from the Minnesota Department of Health.
0: You know, if I can maneuver into a time parking spot at the mall,
1: I'm pretty much sexually satisfied. And I've been to the malls twice today already.
0: You're listening to ZTalk Radio Network.
1: To Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host Jim Dr. Dim Simmons. Well, I did mention I was going to talk about some vaccine stuff again, vaccinations and all that. Uh, last week I talked about how uh, anti-vaxxers have taken the tack of using the Brady Bunch, an episode of the Brady Bunch show, to to downplay how bad measles can be measles can be pretty nasty and we do have we are currently in an outbreak of measles here in the United States I think the number of cases is up to about about 800 in 23 states uh, most of the cases are, are in New York uh, and most of those cases are within the Hasidic jew uh, jew commu- uh, Hasidic Jewish community and yeah, because they don't vaccinate religious grounds and all this kind of bullshit and um, it, with a couple things about that. I was listening to uh, the most recent episode of the Skeptic's Guide to the Universe, which is a really good podcast. You guys should check it out. It's good for skepticism. It's really good. Uh, those guys know their stuff. And they were talking about the measles outbreak, and they mentioned something um, about the coverage, the news coverage, of at least in their part of the world, but they live out in Connecticut, so they're looking at stuff that's East Coast news, news you know, like like the, the local news in New York. Even they'll yeah, reporting on this measles outbreak. And one of the things they mentioned was that, and that's disappointing them, is that there's no mention of the anti-vax movement. That they're not getting the focus that they should be getting. I mean, as I said last week, you know, congratulations, anti-vaxers, you've you've done it. Your 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 work is nearly complete. You you're bringing back. Uh, preventable diseases that were almost completely gone. Boy, you know, you, you you'd be you know, you'd be so happy if you get polio to come raging back, and I think you'd be thrilled if you could bring smallpox back. Oh, wouldn't that be great? You know, we don't have smallpox. You know why? Because in the late 1700s, a, a a doctor or a scientist noticed that milkmaids weren't getting smallpox. Why not? Because they were dealing with cows and I think they got cowpox and they recovered from cowpox and they didn't get smallpox. And they thought, wait a minute, the cowpox thing might be a key here. So they started using a bit of the cowpox virus to inoculate people against the smallpox virus. And then other vaccines began to be developed over that time. And over hundreds of years of vaccinating and vaccinating and vaccinating and vaccinating until 1977 rolled around when it was the last naturally occurring case of smallpox in the world. Some fellow in, it's not Nigeria, but somewhere, it's in Africa. Some fellow had it in 1977. It was the last case. I don't know if he died of it or was, you know, because people would get smallpox and they recover too. But you know, it's a terrible disease. It killed, it killed a lot of people. It was a terrible thing. But in 1977, it ended. And it's not on the planet anymore. Why not? Because of vaccines! I've said this before. Part of the drawback of the vaccines is that they've been so successful and that the anti-vaxxers don't remember a world, especially the younger ones, don't remember a world of that was living in real fear of those diseases, of smallpox, of polio. They don't remember a world like that. So anyway... I I do want to say, though, that the local Fox affiliate, the news station that I watch, uh, or the morning news that I watch, Fox 9 Morning News. Now, it's not Fox News. It's the local affiliate, so it's not quite the same, you know, rah-rah Trump kind of stuff that you get from Fox News. And they did a report on the measles outbreak and the increasing numbers of people with measles and uh, the cases going around the country. And they did mention the anti-vax movement. So kudos to them. I have seen, uh, and I'm somewhat encouraged by, I've seen new articles online of just connecting the anti-vax movement to this measles outbreak, and this is stuff that needs to happen. Now, somebody that's virulently anti-vax is not going to change their mind, but somebody that might be influenced by an anti-vaxer might see this and say, wait a minute, wait a minute. I don't think I'll listen to Jenny McCarthy. I don't think I'll listen to Robert Kennedy Jr. Which brings me to my next little bit here. And that is, um, I have uh, Dimland Radio Science Heroes and Zeros to give out today uh, on this show. Um, there's an article written by, got to get their names, Kathleen Kennedy Townsend. Uh, Joseph P. Kennedy II, and I I guess it's Maeve, I'm not sure, but it's M A E V E, is that Maeve? Uh, Kennedy McKean. Now, you notice that there was a Kennedy in each of those names. Yes, these are Kennedys. They are members of that Kennedy family. You know, John Kennedy, who was president, and his brother Robert Kennedy, who was. Might have become president had he not been assassinated, and his brother John, of course, was assassinated. You remember that, you know, JFK assassination, you know, all that stuff. Where Lee Harvey Oswald did it all on his own. Yes, he did. Yes, yes, he did. He did. There was no, there was, yes, he did it. Okay, but I don't want to get into that, into the weeds there. But Robert Kennedy, his son, Robert Kennedy Jr., is an anti vaxxer. And these three members of the Kennedy family wrote an article in which they state that they believe their brother or uncle it's I think Maeve it's, is his uh, or she I think it's a she <laughs> uh, that's her uncle uh, the other two it's their brother so I'm gonna read a little bit from from their their articles just a couple paragraphs from their articles you can get a, a taste for it I'll link to it in the show notes Uh, We love Bobby. He's one of the great champions of the uh, the environment. Uh, His work to clean up the Hudson River and his tireless advocacy against multinational organizations who have polluted our waterways and endangered families has positively affected the lives of countless Americans. We stand behind him in his ongoing fight to protect our environment. However, on vaccines, he is wrong. And his and others' work against vaccines is having heartbreaking consequences. The challenge for public health officials right now is that many people are more afraid of the vaccines than of the diseases, because they've been lucky enough to never see to have never seen the diseases and their devastating impact. But that's not luck. It's the result of concerted vaccination efforts over many years. We don't need me- measles outbreaks to remind us of the value of vaccination. So you know, and, it, and it's a, it's a longer article in which these, these three members of the, the Kennedy family are talking about how they believe Robert F. Kennedy Jr. to be wrong, and at least as far as it goes, when it comes to to vaccination. Uh, his uh, uh, its environmental concerns his action towards uh, combating the global climate change and try to get us to change our, our ways to, to you know to to go to get to zero carbon emissions and if we can and to you know do this kind of stuff uh, I hope he's pushing for nuclear power because that's that's a big component that will help it may not be the, the, the ultimate solution but it'll certainly help but um, anyway uh, so so they, the three of them are Dimland Radio Science heroes for taking a public stance against such a, uh, a well-known and powerful uh, Democrat. Uh, I'm not sure if he's in office now or not or if, uh, but he, I think he was, he had been. Uh, and so kudos to them as well, and they get Dimland Radio Science hero status. John F. Kennedy Jr. Or, no, I'm sorry, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., John F. Kennedy Jr., died in a plane crash. Um, Robert Kennedy Jr., uh, he gets Dimland Radio Science Zero, at least for the vaccine end. I think he's right when it comes to the environment. I definitely believe he's wrong when it comes to vaccines. Uh, there's another fellow that's a Dimland Radio Science Zero, uh, he's a Texas representative named Jonathan Stickland. And he's a strict anti-vaxxer, and he's been... Oh, jeez, he's, he's a gem. I'll just read a little bit here of some of the stuff that he's he's been doing. Uh, there's an article, and again, I'll link to all this stuff on the show notes page. You can take a look at them. Uh, along with an article that's on the, the Pathios, I think that's how you say it, Pathios uh, website, which is a sort of a atheist-religion uh, hybrid website, you know, where atheists write, and religious people write, and it's just about issues and stuff. And um, uh, there's an article on there that's 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 uh, that's saying that you know it's not a pandemic of, of measles that we are you know we're worried about that, but we should also be worried about this this, this current massive wave of anti-science uh, that's and anti-critical thinking you know or po- you just where people just don't know how to think critically when they're faced with a, an anti-vaxer. That they don't get swallowed up into their nonsense. So this fellow, this uh, Jonathan Sticklin, uh, is well. He's a Republican, of course, and uh, he's uh, he thinks that uh, vaccines is uh, sorcery, and he says um, he's uh, he's he's taking on this uh, uh, a fellow that's a uh, uh, an educator. He's a professor at uh, where is it? I wrote it down here somewhere. He's a professor at uh, the uh, at the Baylor College of Medicine, and uh, and he's you know, this this rep, this politician is calling this guy out. He says this: "You are bought and paid for by the biggest special interest in politics." Sticklin wrote to Hotez. Hotez is the fellow. is the is the professor uh, Peter Hotez. Uh, Do our state a favor, mind your own business. Parental rights mean more to us than your self-enriching science. And Hotez rejected the assertion. He says, I don't take a dime from the vaccine industry. Uh, I develop neglected disease vaccines for the world's poorest people. And as a Texas pediatrician scientist, it is most certainly my business. He also said that such an outlandish accusation was impressive from a member of the uh, Texas House of Representatives. But Stickland stuck to his guns. Make the case for your sorcery to consumers on your own dime, like every other business. Quit using heavy the heavy hand of government to make your business profitable through mandates and immunity. It's disgusting. Yeah, you know it's disgusting, you, you anti-vaxxer. So <laughs> enjoy your Dimland Radio Science Zero status. I hope it, uh, it, I hope it fits you well. All right, I've got one last, I've got a third cool thing to talk about. Uh, this I think dropped this week. And it's a video. It's on YouTube. I will link to it so you can check it out. And uh, I'll describe it, but it's, you know, I, I don't think I'm. It it might spoil it a little bit for you, but not really because the the enjoyment is in watching it, you know. And it's my telling you about what what's in there isn't gonna. It's even if you know it's coming, it's not gonna ruin it for you. It's not. Um, what it is is uh, I guess it's uh, th- there's a there's a uh, special effects production house, maybe or group or. I don't know, I I don't know much about it, but they're called Fixed in the Edit, I believe it's called. And they've done a reimagining of scene 38 from Star Wars, A New Hope, the the very first Star Wars movie. And scene 38 is the, I guess it's the scene of the lightsaber battle between uh, Darth Vader and Ben Kenobi. Ben Kenobi is played by Alec Guinness. And if you watch... The original Star Wars film now, and you watch that little battle, or if you think back to it, it's not you know it's not the most impressive. You know, Alec Guinness was an older man; he couldn't move super well, so there wasn't going to be lots of you know, the kinds of lightsaber battles that we've seen in subsequent films. They get a little ridiculous in the prequels. It gets it, it, to me; it feels more like it's like it's really choreographed, and that it's it doesn't feel like a spontaneous uh, um, lightsaber or sword fight, you know, where the sequel movies that have been coming out, they're they're a bit better at, at, at getting that feel right. Um, but so this production group decided to reimagine that lightsaber battle between Ben and Darth Vader, and it's it's done really well. You know, they use computer graphics to be able to, you know, recreate the scene, and they they, they get Alec Guinness's face into, uh, they they I don't know how they did it exactly. If they had a couple actors go through and do it, and then they, and then they used uh, CGI to enhance it a bit and put Alec Guinness's face on the character. Uh, but the battle in, includes all these things that have that we've come to uh, learn about. Uh, you know. Lightsaber duels while having the Force, uh, you know, using the Force. Uh, we learned that you can throw things at your opponent by using the Force to just kind of pull stuff off walls or off the floor, and you know, which we learned in *Empire Strikes Back*. That was the first time we saw that happening, uh, where Darth Vader and Luke Skywalker in one of the, in one of their lightsaber battles, Vader was cheating by throwing stuff at at Luke, but all's fair in love and war. And, uh, and, and so there's a bit of that going on. Darth Vader does it, and so uh, Kenobi has to, have to, has to deal with that. There's some force pushes. Those are cool. Uh, there's some nice close-ups, uh, uh, you know, in close fighting with each other and reflections of lightsabers in the eyes of, uh, of Darth Vader's mask. Uh, it's, and they, they incorporate... Uh, some of the music that was in the prequels, with the the human voices, you know, doing the oh, oh, oh you know, that the, the doing that kind of stuff. They incorporate that into it. They also intersplice, you know, other stuff that, that was going on at the same time, where where you know Han and Chewie are chasing off the uh, the the stormtroopers, and Luke and Leia are trying to get away from them. They're they're, they're incorporating those little bits as well. And they're also bringing in some dialogue, some extra dialogue, and I'm not sure where they got uh, the James Earl Jones extra dialogue, maybe from games or I don't know if they got him to do it or what, but there's some little extra dialogue that I don't remember ever being in any of the movies. And there's also a moment where they play uh, the, some of the dialogue from the, the battle that was at the end of uh, Revenge of the Sith, which was the third of the, you know, episode three. Uh, it was the third of the prequels, uh, in which Anakin and, and Obi-Wan are having their, their final lightsaber duel. Um, and, and you, you hear some, some of that put in there. It's done really, really well. It's really cool. And so if I ever watch, you know, when I watch Star Wars again, I'll just imagine that sequence taking place. It's done really well. Uh, it's professional. It's cool. It's great. I hope you've had at least three cool things happen for you uh, this week.
0: Good night, Doctor. Good night, Frau Blucher.
1: And the end of another one. Uh, you've been listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network. Now remember to be skeptical, and that extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence, and to get vaccinated. <laughs> And I've been your host, still am, uh, Jim, Dr. Jim Fitzsimmons, and I'm reminding you all to sleep with the lights off.
0: Has been a production of the Z Talk Radio Network. And
1: now a message to our competitors. Thanks, thanks for, for tuning us in.
0: Bonjour, Monsieur Dim. You are too clever for us naughty people.
1: Well, I'm going to hell.